The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Molitor Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Paul Molitor Show. Jack Morris is busy throwing a ceremonial first pitch in Detroit this weekend. Chris Atterbury in our network headquarters here at Target Field. And amongst the orange groves of Southern California, Paul Molitor joins us. His club a chance to win a series from the Angels coming up later on this afternoon. Our show is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And across a couple of time zones, we welcome Paul Molitor into the conversation. Good morning, sir. How are we? Hey, Chris. Good morning to you. Everything's good out here. Yeah, and you guys are playing pretty well out there. Now, we'll get to last night in the history and Albert Pujols in a moment, but uh, two really solid wins for your club coming off a rough homestand. And I know there's no clear answer or you would do something about it, uh, even if that meant sending them out at Target Field in gray uniforms. But is there any way you can wrap your mind around the difference we've seen in your club on the road versus at home this season? Yeah, you know, I I think it's become more and more of a a hot topic, you know, the longer that – it seems to trend in those two d- different directions. You know, I, I don't know. I can't really explain it. I, I, I'm happy that we're playing well on the road. I think it's great that we can go out and compete in visiting ballparks and, uh, you know, been putting up the wins that we have been. You know, conversely at home, um, whether it's the teams we play or the fact that some of the games that maybe have turned late in our favor on the road haven't turned our way at home, you know, we've had a lot of competitive games at home that uh, we've either let slip away either, you know, a pitch or a bullpen or we haven't got a clutch hit. Uh, there's been a lot of good games there. We just uh, haven't had as good a fortune, that, that's for sure. I, I hope the trend uh, continues on the road and somehow we can reverse a little bit when we get back to target field. Well, I do want to ask you about the, the specific conditions where you're playing now. To, for me, I know it's not one of the newer ballparks, but once the game starts, the atmosphere in Anaheim is special, whether it's the view or the perfect weather, the smell, that perfectly cut grass. Uh, maybe it's the fact they don't even have windows on the press box. It's just like an open deck. But there's something about that ballpark to me that just screams baseball. Do, do you feel that way either about Anaheim or about other road parks? Uh, th- this is a great place to play as a visitor, and I'm sure the home players feel the same. As you mentioned, the weather here is almost always fantastic, and uh, it is one of the older parks, you know. I broke in and a long time ago in '78, and it was here. I, I saw I saw a change uh, a few times from being open-ended with the big A out in left field to being encompassed around uh, the upper deck when uh, the Rams came here, and then they reconstructed it many many years ago now uh, to have its current format. But it's a beautiful park, and and you're right, it has a little bit of unique. Uh, uh, I don't know the sense of baseball that that kind of uh, go around this, go around this field. It's it's a lot of fun to come out here and play. And it's been a place that's seen a lot of history, including high school Burt Blylevin sneaking in after games and running the bases. Uh, but last night, a little more history. Uh, your team was on the wrong end of it, but I know in the broader scope of appreciating the game, watching the guy hit 600 home runs, holy holy cow! And uh, uh, obviously, it was a big spot. And guys like Albert Pujols, well, sure. they're there for a reason. They perform in big spots. Well, yeah, you know, my, my reactions are that before the series, I, I knew he was on the verge, and 
we somewhat uh, jokingly talked about, well, if he wants to hit one, let's see if he can cut the deficit in a particular game to about six, you know. So it didn't turn out that way. He had a, a dramatic home run that, uh, you know, certainly affected the outcome, you know, to do it in Grand Slam style, uh, kind of put the exclamation point on it. I, You know, I, I'm a fan of Alberts. I, I think he's handled all his successes tremendously well. He's done, uh, you know, a ton of good things off the field. He's very community-oriented. But, his, you know, I, I think all of us uh, in uniform, non-uniform, you know, we, we have to respect people that chase history and do phenomenal things. And this accomplishment, I mean, I'm, it's such a rare thing. Uh, not a lot of people can even can, can fathom um, considering a 600 home run club. You know, last time we saw, you know, Mr. Tomey in a Twins uniform do it in Detroit. And, uh, you know, we got to see this one face-to-face and. You know, somewhere inside, I was applauding him, but it was just a tough moment to swallow in the in the course of that particular ball game. Yeah, blew the game open, but obviously a big moment and uh, one that will be remembered for for all time. And having been there for the Tommy one, I like being on that side of it a little bit better. I think when <laughs> when uh, when he hit, he hit the one, <laughs> yeah. the, the second one of the day. Paul Molitor is our guest, joining us from beautiful Southern California, where his Twins try to take three out of four from Mike Sosha's Angels. That ball game coming up later this afternoon. We'll take our first break here. Come back with more in a moment with the twin skipper. You're listening to the Paul Mother Show brought to you by Killaboo Root Beer right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back. Segment two here on the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killaboo Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Certainly some memories already created in this series. Albert Pujols hits number 600. And, Paul, triple play. And you guys were on the right side of that one and made it look, in fact, incredibly simple and incredibly easy. Uh, the Twins have been involved in 20 of these. Uh, turn 12, had eight turned against them. The Angels somehow have been involved in, in six of those 20. What about you and your career? Have you ever been right in the in the thick of a triple play? And, and did you see and think triple play as soon as it left the bat? Well, I, I guess a couple of reactions. Uh, when you say the Twins have had 20 triple plays in, you know, how many years, 57 or whatever it is, um, it, it, they don't happen very often. Uh, every once in a while, your defense is set up, and if you get the right ball, um, you're going to get one of those 5-4-3 opportunities. And sure enough, we're playing in there just in case we might get a bunt. And he hits it to Miggy's right. The, his momentum takes him right to the bag, and, you know, he gave Doe's a perfect feed, and, and Doe's, uh, you know, finished it off. I, I uh, you know, it, it's, a great, it's a great thing for when it's for your club because it's a, really a game changer as far as momentum. You know, I, I have to admit that I, I know that I'm getting older, but when I, I was involved in a triple play on the defensive side, but I couldn't even remember if I was the third baseman or the second baseman, and we did a little research, and, and sure enough, it became a little more clear. I knew it was in Fenway. Uh, Sal Bando uh, was playing third base for the old-time fans, and uh, I was playing second, and, and we were able to turn a 5-4-3 with Cecil Cooper at first. And, Many, many years ago, probably back in the late 70s or early 80s. Some pretty good names you're throwing around there. Those are some pretty good names uh, indeed. And speaking of good names, there was a piece done. Uh, you had Albert Pujols uh, sign a bat for you, and you've got a, a collection. Now, you're a guy who's done everything that can be done in the game yourself. And yet, again, we mentioned you, you love the history. Uh, you're a student of the game. I imagine you don't just ask anybody and everybody for a piece of uh, memorabilia, or you would need several more storage facilities to, to keep it all. What, what kind of personal criteria do you have? What do you have to do in the game to, to make well, it to Paul Molitor's trophy room? 
You know, I, I've never really asked a lot of players for very many things. Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, down at the ballpark, I, I had a little bat rack put up, and I went down the basement and uh, went through some of my old things that I had, and I brought out some guys that I either played with or against that I have a lot of respect for and uh, maybe a couple that have been passed on to me. I, You know, my buddy Robin Yount and George Brett and Cal Ripken and, uh, you know, I got a Harmon bat and I, you know, was fortunate enough to get a Ted Williams bat somewhere along the way. Um, you know, I, I, I thought about filling it out this year and get some more current players in there. And I kind of go from club to club and guys that you not only admire for their accomplishments, but kind of how they have held up the, their personal status uh, through their successes. And Albert's in that list for me. So um, with him chasing history, I, I went ahead and wrote him a little note the day we got in here and asked him about potentially uh, being the beneficiary of one of his autographed bats. And he sent over not only a bat, but it's a game-used one, and he wrote a nice little message. I got pretty fired up about it, to tell you the truth. So I'll, I'll look forward to adding that to the collection when we get back to Target Field. That is a pretty elite group. I mean, that's uh, that. If, if you get a note from Paul Molitor asking to join that club, I think you'd be all too happy to oblige. Do, do you get asked that by other players? Are there are there current players? Because we always hear that, oh, current players don't appreciate the history of the game. Do you find that there are players who will approach you almost sheepishly and ask you for autographs or memorabilia? Uh, you know, I, I do occasionally. It's always flattering, uh, and I appreciate it. I, I think there are certain players that, um, you know, maybe collect Hall of Fame memorabilia, and they try to, you know, add added a signature here or there to that collection. I know that one of the few things that I collected uh, myself was trying to get single-signed single baseballs by Hall of Famers, and, and that kind of started with me because I was pa- passed on a Babe Ruth ball when I was a kid. And so I've been fortunate through the years to get the likes of, uh, you know, Sandy Koufax and Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays, and and I've been able to put together a pretty good baseball collection. But when players ask you, it's it's always flattering, you know, to be um, remembered from generation to, to generation as far as this game goes. Uh, we're supposed to take a break, but I can't take one yet because you just kind of dropped casually in there that you were past a Babe Ruth ball as a kid. This is like straight out of the, <laughs> the sandlot. you got to tell us where the Babe Ruth ball came from. Well, it was actually a, a cousin of my of my father's who uh, somehow I, I never really quite remember the story of of how they acquired it somewhere along the way, and as they got on in age, they knew that I was a baseball fanatic, and and somehow they passed it on to my father, who passed it on to me, and so it was something I that I always kind of treasured, and and to be able to end up playing in the game and being around some of the the you know the greatest in the history and and. A little bit sheepishly has asked, asked some of them to add to my collection. It, it, it's been pretty cool. But to start with Babe, it, it's kind of downhill from there, to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you. You might as well, hey, go big, right? If you're going to start with Babe Ruth, go yeah, big. Yeah, go big, right? You, you never know what we're going to find out on a Sunday morning on the Paul Molitor Show. That is a fantastic story. We will take that break now. We'll come back, find out what other secrets Paul is hiding about his autograph collection when we return on the Paul Molitor Show right here on your home for some baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. A happy Sunday to everybody. Reminder that coming up a little bit later on, we've got Thad Levine joining uh, Coy Provis with Inside Twins. We'll be on the air with our pregame lineup card right around 2 o'clock Central. And then the fourth and final game of this series, Jose Barrios opposite Ricky Nolasco, one of uh, a slew of former Twins on that Angels roster as the Twins try to make it 3 of 4 in the series. The Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created 
legends are made. Uh, Paul, some great stories already today, but let's get to your roster. Uh, Alex Wimmers uh, and uh, Randy Rosario, the latest uh, two on the bullpen carousel, and uh, two unique guys, and, and I want to start with Alex. He came in in a pretty big spot the other night, and with the help of Byron Buxton, put out a little bit of a fire uh, in support of Kyle Gibson. I know he's a guy that, that you were impressed with last year and earned your trust to some extent. Is that fair to say with uh, the way he dealt with his initial taste of the big leagues last year, and how much does that carry over into his second stint now with the big club? Well, you know, uh, Alex's story was well-documented last year and some of the things he overcame uh, once he turned professional out of the Ohio State University. And, uh, you know, he got into a little bit one of those things as a younger professional player where he kind of lost his feel for his release point, and he had to kind of work through some pretty tough issues. And somehow, some way, he fought his way back. And we got a chance to see him last year. And I was pleased with how he pitched. Um, you know, the, his his overall line wasn't great, but what I liked about him was composure on the mound, and I didn't see him back down from any hitter at any time. And the fact that he's got a four-pitch mix um, plays pretty well in the role that he's trying to serve. And, and I thought he had a good spring this year. We had some rosters issues. He didn't make the club. We told him to go out there and get to work, and he's done that, and he's made his way back. And, and you're right about uh, the game on uh, the first game in here, uh, you know, we were somewhat comfortably ahead, but you could feel a little bit of momentum change, and Gibby kind of, uh, you know, lost a little bit there, and we had to bring Wimmers in, and that was a huge out. You know, I think he left the changeup up a little bit, but we ran it down with Buck and left center, and then he went out and had a real crisp uh, next inning, and, you know, we brought him in uh, last night to get another three outs, and he did a good job with that as well. So we'll see how he adapts. You know, I, I think he feels like he belongs here, and, you know, with our opportunity that we have with some of the shuffling door, rotating door right now, uh, hopefully he takes advantage. Now, I never thought I'd hear a gopher uh, say something so complimentary of the Ohio State University. We're breaking <laughs> all sorts of ground on the show uh, today. Randy Rosario is a, a very interesting case. We've seen a lot of different guys. I think 22 pitchers you've used this year, and a lot of them have fallen into the camp of guys that you're kind of familiar with, you've seen around, a Bo Shears, a, a Drew Ruzinski, a, a Tepish. These are guys you've seen on other clubs. They're a little more seasoned, a little long in the tooth, a lot of AAA time for a lot of them. Now you jump up a young guy in Rosario, and he's one of the guys that you can look at and say, he's a guy we've been hearing about that maybe is somebody that is thought of in the long-term plans future moving forward with this club. And it's the first time you get a look at him. And there, there is seem to be a little difference when you finally get to see a guy like that, almost like unwrapping a present at Christmas time. Yeah. You know, there, there's no question. We've, we have, I don't know, anywhere from five to eight names that get floated out fairly floated around fairly regularly in terms of guys that we kind of think have a chance to be a part of a pretty good bullpen going forward somewhere down the road. Um, you know, you got your birdies and Melitakis and Reeds and Chaguas and uh, Tyler Jays. Uh, there's a lot of people. Um, but uh, Randy is a guy who's been in camp for a few years. And, you know, as a young kid, he's come in there and he's always held his own. Uh, we tried him as a starter. He's kind of, you know, gone back to being a full-time reliever this year. And, and everyone says he's adopted, adapted really well. Um, you know, he's kind of, Changes uh, repertoire from being a three-pitch guy more to a two-pitch guy out of the bullpen, just fastball slider, and it's always a little bit more exciting too when you get, when you get that call from Double A. You know, it just goes to show you that you never know when that door is going to open, and uh, you know we're not sure how it's going to play out here, and, and 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 hopefully he can fill a void for us here for a while, and if he does well, maybe gets the chance to stick around. But he's excited to be here. He talked about last uh, the other night about how 
uh, you know, he, he couldn't really believe it when he took the mound that he was pitching a big league game, and I think it kind of showed up in some of the mistakes he made, and, and hopefully the next time out he'll be even a little bit better than that. Uh, and, you know, obviously the roster shuffle engendered by the long game and some of the things that went on over the homestand. And one of the collateral damage there was Kenny Vargas. How, how much are you eager to get him back into your rotation? He was a big part of what this offense was doing, and, and you would think physically, literally, he would be a big part of things moving forward. Kind of miss having that big guy at your disposal? Well, you know, he uh, definitely had his moments that contributed to some of our wins. Um I think that the fact that we got in such a bind after the extra inning game and uh, had to do some pitching, uh, um, you know, changes just to kind of make sure that we were protected, uh, it's tough to give a guy news like that that he's going back down when he when he's played, you know, fairly well. So, you know, he's going back down. I'm keeping an eye on how he's performing. Um, how long we'll need to go with the eight-man bullpen, I can't really predict that right now. But, uh, you know, you just can't ever assume anything when, it, when you're in Kenny's spot. You go down there and continue to work and hopefully keep your swing strong and get ready to come back. For me, it's a nice option to have on any given day to put him in there to, to spell Joe or to get some at-bats in the DH slot, even though Robbie's playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, the games he doesn't play, it, it's nice to have that threat off the bench, which he showed in the game when he came in and hit the big pinch hit two-run two run homer. So, uh, matter of time for Kenny. We'll just have to see how it plays out. That's Paul Molitor. This is the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. We'll step aside. Come back one quick final segment right here on the home of Twin Baseball. Final segment here on the Paul Molitor Show. Going to be another gorgeous day in Southern California. Twins trying to make it three out of four before heading up to Seattle to tangle with suddenly a, a red-hot Mariners club. Uh, Jose Barrios gets the ball today, Paul, and uh, we saw a little bit of wildness last time out for, from Jose. It's going to be part of his, his learning process, obviously. What does he need to do to be successful against this suddenly uh, power-driven uh, offense for Mike Sosha and the Halos? Well, you know, I, I, I kind of was uh, not, you know, I, I was fairly pleased with his last start. I think it was the first time since he's been back where he didn't have the sharpness of his pitches. And, you know, if you're going to be successful up here, you're going to have those days, and you got to find a way to maneuver around it. And he gave up a few, but, you know, it, it, it didn't disintegrate on him. And I, and I thought that was somewhat encouraging because I, we're going to have to look for that when games where he doesn't have his best stuff. So, uh, I'm sure he'll be anxious to get back out there today, uh, give us a chance to hopefully win three out of four here against the Angels before we head up to, as you mentioned, a pretty hot club in Seattle who's been playing really well at home. So uh, we'll just uh, you know, take this one, and, and uh, hopefully Jose keeps us in there and we can find a way to solve uh, our old teammate in uh, Ricky and, um, you know, have a nice off day tomorrow. Yeah, and you, you know Ricky well. He loves to spin the baseball, and when he's spinning it right, he can be very difficult, especially early in a ball game. Uh, what's a game plan to attack a veteran like that? Well, I, I think that these guys have a tendency to be able to prey on youth and aggressiveness. Um, we've seen it out of their pen even uh, a couple of these games here where, you know, guys come in and they uh, – they don't really have the fastball to blow you away, and yet somewhere subconsciously I think our guys keep thinking they're going to get one. And, you know, you have to learn to be able to hit looking for something besides the fastball, and I think Ricky's a guy who fits that mold. Uh, even in, in, in Shoemaker, Schumacher the other night, he, you know, we kept thinking we are going to get fastballs in certain counts, and he kept throwing that split, and, and we just kept chasing and expanding the zone. So 
Um, I'm sure Ricky will, you know, be paying attention to what what's happened and who's aggressive and who we can try to do those things to. Our, our goal is going to be to try to make sure we keep him in the zone and understand that he's going to pitch behind. He's going to try to trick, trick you most, more likely than try to challenge you, and hopefully we can have a good day. Yeah, and, and nobody got hurt in the cow milking, so you guys are one up in that regard too. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was pretty comical. Esco's had quite a week. He's had uh, a big I think he's week. still looking for his. I think I, I think he's still looking for his first hit as a USA citizen, though. So we're gonna we're gonna get him in there today, and hope, hopefully he has a good day. Well, and when a guy's nickname is El Caballo, and you ask him to milk a cow, you got horses, cows. I mean, it's just confusing. So uh, you know, probably probably. Well, just real, just real real quick, I. The, the thing that I think got him, you know, he was given some technique pointers, I think, by Jimenez, and who, uh, who's, been, who's a reigning champion in that event. But uh, when the cow stout bucket started bucking right before um, they began the process, yeah, I, I think he started to shy away a little bit more. So it was, it was pretty entertaining. And who could blame him? Our thanks to Paul Molitor for joining us here. It is the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer. And you've been listening to the Paul Molitor Show right here on your home for Twin Facebook.